So I think that's an important point to make because self-acceptance, obviously, of what our bodies look like and everything we have and how we are right here, right now is important. But change actually occurs easier when we do firstly accept ourselves. So it's not complacency. It's not, I'm going to sit on the couch and do nothing. It's like, I'm going to accept myself right here, right now, because that just makes me feel better in my mind about me instead of beating myself up in my head and being my own worst enemy. Self-acceptance gets you on your side. You're listening to The Leader's Lab with Dr. Charity TV. Welcome to The Leader's Lab, the podcast created to help millennial multi-passionate entrepreneurs build organize, launch, and manage their online brands and businesses without losing balance. And now, here's your host, the digital organization development consultant, cross-cultural communication specialist, and your favorite global leader, Dr. Charity C. Campbell. Hey, 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 Entre Leaders. Happy Wednesday and welcome to a very special episode of the Leaders Lab podcast. If you are new here, I am your host, Dr. Charity C. Campbell, better known as Dr. C. And I'm a doctor of management, a world-class millennial global leader, an academic professional, and a multi-passionate entrepreneur. Here in the Leaders Lab, we talk all things Entre Leadership. This is where we take entrepreneurship and leadership concepts and we marry the two together. We're also talking about communication skills, and balance as a millennial professional. And in today's episode, we have two for one here. I'm super excited. We have two for one because our very special guests are sisters who are here to help us understand how building and scaling an online membership can be something that we can actually do, how to navigate social media while also keeping our sanity Okay, that's necessary, and so much more. So our very special guests are Carla and Emma Pappas. I hope I'm saying that correctly. And they are co-founders of Mary Body and the Mary Maker Sisters. They have an online yoga, Pilates, and meditation studio that is based in Australia, which is where they are joining us from. Now, unlike any other fitness application, they don't do before and after photos or fixate on burning calories, never have weigh-ins or measurements. Their instructors never talk about bodies in a degrading way with words like muffin top or thunder thighs. But instead, Mary Body combines movement with the mindset work of self-acceptance, self-belief, and joy. Emma and Carla have been in the world of online business for almost 10 years. That's almost a whole, that's like a decade, okay? More than a decade probably coming up soon. And they're very passionate about business, entrepreneurship, and they have lots to share. So I'm excited. Entre leaders, please help me to welcome to the stage all the way from Australia. Joining us is Carla and Emma Pappas. Welcome to the Leaders Lab, beautiful ladies. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Thank you so much for having us. We are pumped to be here. And I feel like our intro sounds way better coming out of your mouth. Listen, you bring the experience. I tell everybody this, literally everyone who says, wow, the introduction was amazing. It always gets me when everybody says it. And I'm like, they're your words. This is your experience, <laughs> your life, your business, your career. 
I just provide the voice. I'm so happy to have you with us and thank you for that beautiful compliment. So your sisters, like blood sisters. Real life sisters, as in I've known her since I was born sisters. Who is the oldest? I'm the oldest, Emma. And Carla is about how you're about two and a half years younger. Okay. So what was it like growing up for you together as just sisters before you became business partners? What was that like for you? Yeah, we were always very close. We hear so many stories about other siblings, how they always fight or they meet us and they'll be like, how could you ever work with your sister? How can you be this close? It's not real. They don't believe us that this is a real friendship and that we can actually work together. But we've always been really close from kids, teenagers, early 20s, and that's when we started the business. It's been a Mm. a real amazing journey because we've been able to do it together. We share so much history, your whole life of history, Carla, and most of mine. It's a shared history. And so we can communicate so well. And I guess the cool thing is about our story is that our first business, we started in our backyard. We're actually here at our parents' house where we grew up right now. (laughs) And we started selling friendship bracelets on the street. So we made our little friendship bracelets. We set up a little store and sold it. (laughs) And that's where it all began, I guess. And how old were you when you started selling friendship bracelets? Oh, my. I must have been about seven. So you must have been. Oh, my God. We were young. I don't even know. Babies. And then it was friendship bracelets. Then it was greeting cards and then it was glass bead jewelry. And then it was, oh, now we should start. We wanted to do PR and events. And then we built the blog and that's how it all started. Okay. So wait, you all have always been entrepreneurial, like since you were basically a fetus. I think maybe because our dad runs his own business, just a small business, like a land surveyor. So we always saw him doing his own thing. And we just had this Uh idea that we wanted to do our own thing as well. And if we could do it together, then that would be even better. Oh, man, you make me wish I had a sister or at least a younger (laughs) brother. I have an older brother, but it's it's big enough. I actually look up to him as like my hero. But you make me wish I had a little younger sister brother, but I don't know if I would have gone in business. You two really seem like you like love, love each other. Not just love each other, but you like each other, like working <laughs> together. Like, yeah, we like spending like, time like each together. Other. People think it's so strange that like, you know, we'll have coffee every morning together. And, and even we think it's strange. We're like, how do we still have stuff to talk about? Like the whole, your whole lives you've talked about stuff and you still find more things to talk about. <laughs> That's a true friendship though. It is. It's rare. That is rare. And I think it's beautiful. So you go from sisterhood to friendship to partnership in Actually, I guess you've had partnership your entire lives with all of your business. How many businesses have you had? Those first ones were more like fun, right? Maybe our neighbors bought the friendship bracelets, maybe our parents, but it didn't really get serious until we started writing and sharing online. And when we started doing that, it was like no turning back. We realized, wow, we can do something ourselves. We don't have to work in a corporation or we don't have to have a boss and nothing again against that at all. That's meant for some people. But for us, we just knew that wasn't right. And when we discovered that the internet was not just for checking the weather or the movie times (laughs) or checking what your friends are up to on Facebook, when we realized that, we were like, oh, our eyes just opened really wide and we dove straight in. And it was a really exciting time. I think when you discover something new that you didn't know before, it's like your Mm -hmm. whole world changes in that instance. And really, we haven't turned back since. Okay, so let's talk about this blog. Let's talk about this money maker for the merry makers. Okay, like the <laughs> first of all, I really like that. <laughs> that just came out of like nowhere. Let's let's talk about this money maker for the merry makers. So, 
You started a blog. You started writing. When you started your blog, was it with the intention of, oh, we're going to monetize the blog, make some money? Or was it just really to get a message out? What was your yeah. first mindset when you started? Yeah, when we first started. So we started the blog in 2012, and it was purely okay. to share our newfound love of eating clean. And actually, back then, it was all about the paleo diet. And let us tell yeah. you, we've done a complete, whew, we don't talk about that anymore. We can talk about that later. <laughs> but we just really enjoyed sharing about it. And it wasn't until we realized we were getting a lot of views to our website that we realized, hang on a minute, there's something here. I had studied wow. my uh, bachelor in public relations and I put two and two together that actually what we're doing is influencing these people. Like people are coming and they're wow. reading our site. Maybe potentially we could work with brands and we could get mm -hmm. some sponsorship. And that was how we first monetized the blog through influencer marketing, which is what we call it now. Wow. Back then we called it sponsored blog posts. That's how we started. But we really didn't start with the intention to make money. We just wanted to share and we just loved it so much. We worked in government wow. nine to five jobs and we would come home after those jobs and we'd hop online and we'd write for hours and we'd create blog posts and we published them right then, then and there. It was very instant. It was so much fun that we just couldn't stop ourselves. So what was the frequency of your posts? Did you post mm -hmm, yeah. every single day at first or were you just, oh, we're just going to do it once a couple of times a week? Yeah. So at the start, it was like, we were just crazy. We were content machines. The funny thing is though, we didn't really know exactly what we were doing. So you might all be aware and we are now aware that we were content marketing. Yeah. But back then we were just writing stories, sharing our experience. <laughs> hitting publish and it was just oh. a, it was pure joy for us to write something and share something and get people giving us feedback or saying that they loved what we wrote or making the recipe we did a lot of recipes to begin with and I would Ooh. dare say that at that time it was like a perfect storm of paleo was just fresh in Australia mm. Instagram was just new Instagram and the algorithm was on our side back then. And yeah. it's always good to acknowledge that timing always affects what you're doing. We did yeah. what we did back then. Now, I know it wouldn't be the same result, but we right. had this trajectory up for our content in popularity and views. And it grew so fast that we were like, whoa, this is something. I mean, we went from in our first two years of business, we were making multiple six figures. Mm -hmm. And like, that's beyond belief. Like now I reflect back and I'm like, what? Like, how did we manage to do that? <laughs> and we didn't even know, we didn't know what a sales funnel was. We didn't know what content marketing was. Wow. It was that beginner's luck. And I'm like, we're very and naivety of just giving everything a go. Yeah. And we're very, wow. like we fully acknowledge the beginner's luck. We fully acknowledge the timing because then we've gone on to have years where it's been a real struggle and we've made less money. We had this whoop, and then it's kind of gone like, duh, duh, duh. I'm doing this, yeah. listening just to audio. I'm doing these weird hand signals. <laughs> like, but, a, uh, like a roller coaster. Yeah. And 10 <laughs> years, you learn so much in that time, but it's been an absolute joy, hard times as well. But the best part is that we get to do it together. So knowing what you know now from 10 years of experience, 10 years of, I love what you said, how you were like, let's just try it. We're just going to do it. See what happens. Just, just try it. We're just out here writing because we love it. We're passionate about it. And then evolving into these influencers, which we didn't have back then. We didn't call them influencers back then, but we have that now. Based on what you know now, is there anything that you would have done differently when you started? Yes, or would you have been like, no, no, we did it right. Like we, we didn't know what we were doing, but we did it. I think there's two answers because the first <laughs> okay. answer is obviously all those mistakes we made led us to be where we are. We made so yeah. many mistakes, but 
they created this position, exactly what we know and what we have done to this point. A few things I can definitely acknowledge. We didn't set up an email list soon enough, so we were getting all these hits but no signups. Another thing was our Instagram really grew in the early days and it had so much engagement and we got really complacent and lazy and hating on social media. We don't want to do it, so we stopped doing it. Mm -hmm. We lost a lot of that engagement and still it's it's like a hate-love relationship with social media. Influencers... I would not even categorize us as influencers today because like far out what people do and the engagement they get is amazing. We got nothing on that. Yeah. But you know, these small things, but then again, there's never been a moment where it's like, oh my gosh, we made the worst mistake. Why did we do that? There's never been a deep sense of regret. There's always been this feeling of we're on this path. We're going the way we're meant to be going. Tuning into what feels right as well is really important to us. Tuning into our community and serving mm-hmm. them, that that's always come precedent to the money, to the business, to be integral, to have honesty, to feel like mm-hmm. everything we make money-wise feels good. That's really important yeah. to us. But I would say we're grateful for the mistakes. Those few little things, yeah, we could have done that earlier and that would have seen improvement. Well, any other mistakes do you think? No, I don't think so. I feel like we should mention here that early on we discovered Joseph Campbell and his philosophy of following your bliss and that really, that was the turning point for us. That actually was the quote that inspired us to quit our nine-to-five jobs because we were like, we found our bliss. We have to follow it. We want to follow it. Doors will open if we follow it. And that has still traveled with us for the entire journey Mm -hmm. and so when it doesn't feel like bliss or it doesn't bring us joy we know that it's time to make a change or to pivot wow I love that. Okay. So for those of you who are like, what was that? What was that? (laughs) Say it again. Okay. This is first of the reason why you download the episode. So you play it over and over and over again. And then secondly, she said, Joseph Campbell, follow your bliss. Can you expound on it just a little bit? Give us a little taste of what made you fall in love with it. Yeah. The idea of this bliss is like you're doing something and time just ceases to exist. And that was what blogging was for us. It's why we could jump online after a full days of work and keep on writing and keep on publishing and keep on coming up with ideas. And it's this sense of fulfillment. It's something that you do that lights you up from within. It's Mm. something that you do that doesn't feel like work. Of course, Mm -hmm. there's always elements of work in the business. There's always elements that you don't really love, but the majority of it, it lights you up. The the purpose of it lights Mm. you up and it feels completely Mm -hmm. aligned to who you are in what you're doing in life every single moment, every single day. Mm And when this feeling would diminish, we would recognize it and not straight away. Like sometimes it would take us a month. Sometimes I think it took us longer. And we're like, hang on a minute, like we need to make a change. And one big change for us was we started with recipes and we built a business around recipes and programs around eating. And we got to this point where this didn't feel right at all. We didn't enjoy it at all. And then we thought, how could we ever sell something that we don't even enjoy that just didn't add up to us and at that same point we discovered or rediscovered yoga and pilates did our yoga and pilates teacher training and we couldn't stop talking about that and then we're like maybe there's something in this maybe we should follow Uh this yeah so you basically you did follow your bliss your bliss was the thing that brought you success yeah and i guess that's and that's kind of joseph campbell's philosophy and success can be different for everyone 
Success for someone might be that you wake up and you get to do work that has purpose and reason. And this Mm -hmm. is where we came from. We were both working in government and we were driving to work and we were pretty low. We were in our early 20s and we were questioning, is this what life is about? Is this what it's for? (laughs) And that's why those words were so meaningful to us because we realized Mm -hmm. there was more and that those dreams we had as kids, they are still there Instead of us going along with the should be's that you should have that high paying job, that's very safe, very secure. Get your, what is that called? The mortgage, the graduation, 60. I know it's different in each country, but you get all those things. That's more Mm -hmm. important than your joy and happiness right now. We were just like, nah, this is not right. Mm -hmm. And the bliss, so it started as one thing, then it moved to another, yoga and Pilates. That's when we started Merry Body and it just flowed and flowed and everything made sense again. And so that's Mm -hmm. what our plan really is to do for the rest of our lives and our business because that bliss will never fail us. It will always get us to the next point we're meant to be at. We truly believe that. And if anyone is in business, like it's hard. It's not easy. Business is not easy. There are moments where it feels really flowing and you're rocking and you're like, yes, everything is working. And then plateau, the opposite. It all falls away. <laughs> like flatline. What happened? Exactly. Everyone go. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And then if, but if you're connected to your purpose and you Ooh, have faith it. in yourself and belief in yourself, and these why, these mm-hmm. are, this is why mindset is so important. And this is why yeah. we link mindset to Mary Body as well, because mindset is everything how we feel about ourselves, how we believe in ourselves. If we don't believe that we can take that step forward, we're never going to take that step forward. I love all of this. I love all of this because especially as millennial professionals, one of the reasons why I catered my podcast for leadership to millennial leaders is because a lot of people, especially like several years ago, would talk about how we as millennials are entitled and we have this bad persona, bad personalities, we're spoiled and all of those things like that. And I'm like, first of all, I think you're stereotyping all of us, but you're not realizing that there are, every generation has entitled, spoiled people, every single generation. But I wanted to really break that stigma that we've been hit with, that's been like attached to us. And to show that, no, there are several of us out here who are one, leaders, two, understand the importance of purpose. Because uh, that was one of the things that in my doctoral program, I met a lot of more mature leaders who said, well, millennials just don't know how to keep a job. They bounce from one thing to one Mm -hmm. thing. And I'm like, is it really about keeping a job or is it about finding the thing that you were created to do Mm -hmm. and thriving in that? Because Mm -hmm. if I wasn't created to be an employee, and some are, and I could commend them, I need employees. Why would I say everybody is supposed to be an entrepreneur, right? No, but if I wasn't created to be an employee, of course, I'm going to be miserable outside Mm -hmm. of my purpose. One of the things that I love that you said is when you were driving home after work, you would be like, I'm paraphrasing, but is this all that there is to life? There has to be more than this to life. Mm -hmm. And I feel like every single millennial leader has asked that question. Because when I tell you, I used to ask myself that question all the time in the car. Why is it we have the best conversations (laughs) and questions in the car, life transforming sessions in the car where you're just sitting and driving me like, is this what I'm really supposed to be doing with my life? Yeah. I think it's because we're traveling and it's like we're on a journey in the car and you're like, hang on a minute. Am I going to the right place? Yeah. It's just like, 
feel right. Should I do it? Should I, t- should I go down? I'm not sure. Yeah, I love it. It's, it's the whole concept of moving. And mm. I think because we're physically moving in a direction, maybe in our subconscious, that's what starts the conversation. It's like we're on our way going home or wherever we're going to. And I think subconsciously we wonder... Am I moving in the right direction in my career? Yes. Am I moving in the right direction towards my goals and my dreams? And so that's why we have these, these therapy sessions in the car. And so I love the question that you would ask as you were on your way home, because obviously it brought you to this. And I had a question for you as you were talking about coming home, blogging, working together. It would be your passion. You would hit publish right then and there. Do you think that you would have been as motivated? And just like you said, yes, it gets hard. Business is not easy. Okay. Doing none of the things that we do outside of clocking in, going to somebody else's job is going to be easy, but it is so worth it. Do you feel like it would have been more challenging without each other to be there to motivate each other was like one of you up one day and be like come on we can do this or or were you always both happy god no that's why we always say how lucky we are like it is like when anyone asks us like oh oh you're so lucky to have gotten to where you are and then we always say no we put in a lot of hard work but we will tell you why we're lucky we're lucky because we have each other and we're lucky because we get to do this together because absolutely not like I would have been like maybe I'll just sit on the couch and pop on I don't even think Netflix was made yet I'm thinking about today I might just pop on Netflix that's what I'm gonna do instead oh absolutely I would not have been able to do it without Carla no way I know in my heart there's no way and it's also because we have very diverse skill sets as well. If you can find a great co-founder, a great partner to work with, go with it, but know that you need to have your communication organized. You need to be prepared to have really difficult conversations. You need to be prepared to get over nonsense and emotional stuff very quickly. The business has brought us close. It's Mm -hmm. made us understand each other to a whole other level. We definitely, mostly, almost 100% time our lows quite well. It's quite interesting. One of us will be down and feeling like it's all going to fail. And then the other one's like, what are you talking about? No, it's amazing. Look at this. Every now and again, there will be a time when we're both feeling pretty low and we have to Uh dig deep and help each other see the light. I mean, as I said- To get ourselves out together. Yeah, it is that mindset thing. And when something that you're working on and you've got your whole purpose connected to, it can be quite dangerous if it doesn't go like this. Then you can really see and feel your emotions and your mindset take a toll. And this is why mental health is so important, that we need to stay connected and to realize that that is what life is about, the ups, the down, the light, the dark, Mm -hmm. the yin, the yang. This is life. No one ever is going to have this smooth sailing life. And if they right. say they do, I don't believe them. They're lying. <laughs> I love it. She just came flat out and said, they're lying. <laughs> so what are some of your mindset practices or strategies that you have implemented over time to really help you come back and stay grounded? And even one of the things that you that we said you were going to talk about today is how you can still use social media, but keep your sanity. All of these things, they really tie in. And if we're talking about health and wellness, I think a mm-hmm. lot of time people just focus on the physical health mm-hmm. instead of remembering that psychological health is extremely important. That's when we're dealing with mindset and things like that and anxiety and stress mm-hmm. and overwhelm. So as I say, definitely successful, highly successful entrepreneurs, millennial entrepreneurs at that, 
What have been some of your mindset practices and strategies that you could help share with us? Yeah. I mean, I think the one that we use most often, and it's simple and you've probably heard it before, but it's really good to be reminded is gratitude. So often when we're in a low moment, we're focusing on everything we don't have. We're focusing on everything we haven't reached yet or the numbers that we didn't get or the members that didn't join up oh, everything is terrible. And then if we can switch it and then focus on what we do have and everything that is going right and has gone right for us, then suddenly we feel an abundance. We feel an expansiveness. We feel, hang on a minute, I have hope. I've had success. It has gone well. Like maybe right now it's not going exactly as what I planned, but hang Mm -hmm. on a minute. I'm not a failure. (laughs) Look at everything that I've done. Look at everything I have. Uh, And that's something that we do. And often we will reflect together and we'll say, hey, hang on a minute. Look what we did last week. X, Y, Z. Oh, good. Great. We did well. So I think that is a really important thing to focus on what you do have. rather than what you don't have. Yeah, and then it's even adding a strategy to that. And a part of that is weekly meetings, looking at Mm. not just one set of numbers, not one one set of stats, not just the new members. It's about looking at that strategic look, bird's eye view, yeah. And what do we always say? Zoom Zoom out. out. We tend to zoom in on the problem, but we need to zoom out and think, well, we're in this for the long run. It's not just about success this month. It's about success in 10 years, in 20 years. It's hard wood. It's not those the soft wood that just breaks with the first sign of tension. We have to be prepared yeah. to go through this, these tense times. But of course, we use meditation as well. We're not the type of people to do two sets of 20-minute meditations a day. No. We're more like the sit and breathe for five-minute girls. Carla makes all our meditations in Marybody. So I'm lucky I use her guided meditations. (laughs) Lucky me. I don't know. Do you use your own meditations? No. That's a bit weird listening to yourself. Hello, me. But I use her meditations and it's a great way just to connect to your breath. Mm. It's a great way to get present. And so often when we are feeling anxious, it's a future stuff. It's a narrative Mm. in our mind. It's stuff that we're assuming, that we're making up. It's not really true. And this is why a presence practice, and it can be meditation, it could be yoga, it could be surfing, it could be walking in nature, it could be having Mm. coffee with your best friend. This thing, it could be reading a book. It's just this thing that gets you into this moment in your body, here and now, out of the narrative of the future and out of the stewing of the past. Why did I do that? I regret that. Why did I say that? Why did I think this was going to work? All this stuff is not true, Mm. but it makes us feel like crap. Mm -hmm. If we can, it's not about stopping it full stop because that's impossible. It's more about Mm -hmm. managing it. I like it. Being mindful yeah. of it. Finding pockets of time during your day to, to just add it, to stop. And if you can do it in the mornings, great. If you can do it before you start your day, excellent. But I know there are some people who their mornings are just crazy hectic. Mm-hmm. If that's the case, do it the night before so yeah. that as you go to sleep, then you'll wake up and at least your spirit will be refreshed. Like your mind will be refreshed yeah. and you can tackle on those things. But even for me, so one of my one of my greatest tools and strategies that I use to stay positive is affirmations, yeah. affirmations. And recently, last year, I started learning more about visualizations because I'm mm-hmm. a, I am daydream anyway. So if I'm going <laughs> to sit and daydream, I might as well make it be purposeful. Yeah. Um, and in one of the recent episodes that we just had, we had a, we had a, a specialist who really deals with like neuroscience. And she was telling us how the brain doesn't actually differentiate between a memory, a daydream, or something in something that's happening right now. 
And if you're daydreaming about something or visualizing something, your brain can adapt to thinking that it is actually something that has happened in the past or is happening now. And I was like, are you kidding me? You know how many of these daydreams I've been having just of crazy stuff. I need to turn that into something powerful. Let me daydream seeing myself or let me visualize seeing myself being healthy. Mm. I have being healthy, being at, and being healthy is more than just like a a body size and Mm -hmm, a body shape. mm -hmm. It's really about being able to walk up these steps and not sound like Darth Vader from from Star Wars breathing. (laughs) Yes. I love that. Yes. So I love all of that. Yeah. Yeah. It's so when you were just talking about the neuroscientist who was Mm -hmm. speaking about how we daydream and how the brain doesn't know the difference, this is can can work positively, but we have to also realize this is what can also cause a lot of stress in our lives. And so this is why it's so important to be mindful of our thoughts, because if we're thinking of everything going wrong, the body doesn't know the difference. Oh, up spikes cortisol. Oh, here's your adrenaline. And now we're living in fight or flight when we're checking our email, which we shouldn't be. Come on. Like we're not doing anything too stressful, but we've got to be mindful of this. And so if you can learn some techniques to rein in that stress, deep breathing through the nose is one of the easiest tools that you can have with you wherever you go that actually in just four breaths breathing in and out through your nose you can encourage the body to switch on the parasympathetic nervous system which is your rest and digest so the opposite of fight or flight and this Mm. can do wonders for your physical body and of course your mental health so hold on because you just hold on now you just flung some stuff in there and i'm like okay uh, wait nope uh, okay hold on because we need some more of that (laughs) okay i've heard fight or flight before I've never heard rest and digest. Mm-hmm. Come on, bring it, yeah. bring it. So Both we of you. have these, these are our <laughs> automatic, automatic nervous system. So this just happens in the wow. body. And like, how amazing is our body to just do this? Wow. And our fight on flight is our sympathetic nervous system. And it has been proven that a lot of us are living in sympathetic dominance. So we're living in this wow. sympathetic nervous system a lot of the time of the day. I'm not saying mm-hmm. we we don't need it. We absolutely need it. Because if you think of those moments in life where you actually need to react fast, you actually need yeah. that. Say, for example, you see something and you just step out of the way. You need that mm-hmm. spike to make you move faster. But we don't want to be living in this all the time because what happens is if our cortisol is always up and our adrenaline is always being spiked, that eventually we won't actually have the adrenal to create that fastness. And that's where we get uh, adrenal fatigue. And you've probably heard of that wow. before. And so if we can learn to acknowledge, okay, hang on a minute, I'm checking my emails and I'm not breathing properly. And I feel like my heart rate is increasing and I feel a little bit hot and I feel a bit flustered. And why am I, what's happening here? That's yes. your stress response. Okay. Hold up. Step away from the emails. Take four deep breaths, relax the shoulders, breathe in through the nose and out through the nose. And we'll do that wow. three more times. And then this encourages the body to switch on the parasympathetic nervous system. This is how the body feels safe. It's like, hang on, I'm safe. I can relax. And this is rest and digest. Your digestion is able to work now. In fight or flight, digestion does not work. So if you're in your stress zone and you've just eaten all your food, your digestion isn't going to work properly. That's why it's really important that we feel calm when we're eating and that we are not eating stressed out and doing other things like that. You can also add the word restore Rest, digest, restore, and rejuvenate. Our cells can rejuvenate in our parasympathetic nervous system. Wow. Okay, so hold on. Eating in a stressed state of mind doesn't allow your food to digest. That's 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 where the weight gain comes from. 
Pardon? <laughs> I said, that's what is that where the weight gain come from? Weight gain came, uh, comes from. And she said, and that's why everyone's bloated. Honey, we walking around here looking like balloons, okay? Like we are just different shapes. I think we're back to a time where perhaps we were eating rushed at our desks. We were like, I've just got to fit in this lunch and I've got to do this and I've got to do that. And potentially you don't feel that great. Or yeah. maybe you've had a really big day and you haven't had a moment to even calm down, but you've just gotten up and you've made dinner and now you're eating. Now you're still mm. thinking about work, but you're eating mm. your dinner. I think it, ma- it makes yeah. a lot of sense. We live in this world and we're grateful for all the technology and all the amazing progress. That's what mm-hmm. it has allowed us to create the businesses we have that are online. Mm-hmm. But the way we use our attention, the way we focus on 10 things instead of one, yeah. of course, this is going to stress out our bodies and our minds. Yeah. When I can, when I'm sitting and eating and focusing on eating, my digestion works better. Like it's, I don't need to be a scientist really to know that. I can see, mm-hmm. I can feel, I can experience when I'm yeah. eating on the go. And then I'm like, oh, I feel a bit funny in my belly. I won't go into yeah. any more information. But we know what you're talking about when you said, I won't add any <laughs> more information. Knows. We you, all know. Everyone knows, huh? It's the, oh, wait a minute. What's happening? Excuse me. I'll be right back. It's that. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> can we try no, you get to say whatever you want to say because it's natural. It happens to everybody. But I just, I wanted to, for those out there who were like, oh, that was a sweet way to say it. I just want to come and mess it all up. I just want to be like, we know what it is. Yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> You're all full bad. But yeah, so I think it makes complete sense. And I think the best thing about what Carla just said was that it can take four deep breaths to tune back into the present moment and to get you mm. out of that stress response. It's very easy to live in the stress response, but it's also very easy and doable to not live in it. Mm. But the key to get there is awareness, mm-hmm. mindfulness, Has. to realize that we're even stressed. Sometimes you're so used to living in that stressed out way that you don't mm-hmm. realize there's another way. Sometimes you even thrive on it. Sometimes you think you do your best work in this stressed out manner. And I know I can reflect back and think, yeah, when we're under the pump, when we're under the pressure, that's when we do the best work. But we can still be under the pressure and still maintain our stress levels. We try to anyway. Mm. Sometimes we fail miserably, Mm. but we try to and we're very aware of it. And when we have those high stress times in work, especially or in life, because life happens, it's good to then realize, okay, how can I counterbalance this? Okay, what do I need to do now? Okay, I need to switch off my devices at 8 p.m. at least tonight or I need to take time. I need to take my the me time. I need to just be by myself for a little while. Tick these little box mm. to make yourself feel better again. I like I like the awareness component of that. Once you are really aware of how you're feeling in situations like these, then you can make those decisions. Like, mm. hey, I need to I need some time to myself. I need to step back for a little bit. I need to, mm-hmm. but it's that where that is that awareness that comes from. I like the deep breathing, the meditation, the asking questions or asking the right questions. I think sometimes we fail to realize just how important asking questions truly, how important it truly is. Because without asking the right questions, then we wouldn't, something wouldn't trigger us to say, okay, we need to find out the answer. It's just like Mm. when you were in the car driving from (laughs) your corporate jobs asking, is this really it for us? Is this all that there is? Or when you started in your business and you were doing recipes and then you're like, but can we really sell on what we don't even use or what we don't believe in ourselves? And then that helped you to transition to the next thing and keep going. So I think asking questions is one of the, it's the discovery process. It's that discovery 
process that we need to have in order to go from, I guess, misery to bliss? I don't know. First of all, I know you're not twins, but every time you guys say something at the same time, I'm just like, it's so freaking adorable. I'm like, they're saying it at the same time. Like, how are they not twins? But yeah, I think to go from misery to bliss, or at least some people may not be miserable in their jobs, but they know that they're supposed to be doing better. Maybe it's like from numb to bliss as well. Sometimes that or stagnant to bliss like sometimes it's just like that stuckness of it's ugh. being comfortable with yeah and blah it's being, it's being yeah you know, have you ever have you ever been in a place where like you are comfortable being uncomfortable a yoga class you no know, i so i've i've actually taken yoga classes before and i know it's supposed to help me with flexibility and of course mindfulness and things like that but let me tell you something okay the way my body is set up let's just let me just address this right here people the way my body is set up i am i think you all use centimeters so i'm 181 centimeters which in the states the us metrics is 511 and i am quite a few k Y'all don't need to know my business, okay? I'm quite a few kg in the states. That's pounds. I'm a little. I'm a little solid. That's what we call it. I'm solid. So me doing yoga, I was catching cramps. My muscles was spasming. Like I don't know how y'all do it. I'm breathing and I'm trying. I know it's loosening up the hips and everything. And I said I would try a little bit more, but I think I'm just gonna go for a walk. That's how I just breathe while I walk. Yeah. So, yeah. Our preference is you find a way of moving that you enjoy. Like that is the most important I love it. thing. Like joy with your movement. And it is possible, but sometimes we just have to keep searching for the thing. I think that Mm. a lot of us were, we were definitely under the impression that exercise has to feel like a chore or something we have and something we have to do. Sometimes it has to feel like punishment. This is this idea that we have, but it's not true. Exercise can be something that is a really big positive part of our day, something we enjoy, something that lights us up. And for us, that's yoga and Pilates. For you, Dr. C, that's mm-hmm. walking. And I think we love walking. I love too. walking. We walk, we do yoga, we do Pilates. There are three things. Okay. Okay. So how do you, because I also, now I also love boxing and I honestly, I do love, I love weight training. I, yeah. I don't know what it is about like weight training, but I love weight training and resistance training at home. I miss those so much. In fact, when I moved to China, I started working out from home because there weren't gyms that I really wanted to go to because just not everybody is quite as hygienic as I would have liked to see. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> okay. And I'm not as bad of a germaphobe as I was when I first arrived, but it was way worse. I'm much better now because I've learned how to just cope with some things, but I would have rather just work out at home. And then also too, being in this country, in China, it was a lot different because especially if people hadn't seen a foreigner that looked like you, listen, ladies, this is what you would see all the time. No shame whatsoever. They are just literally recording you. And I'm like, no lie. Absolute truth. Recording you so they could put it on social media or show to their family or whatever, because they've never seen a Laowei, which is a foreigner that looks like you. Um, And here I am, I'm trying to work out. I'm trying to get my best health life. And I'm too busy trying to fight you off, trying to take your camera and throw it across the room because you are invading my privacy. So I started working out at home and it was a challenge at first, but then I fell in love with it because I realized I can do this from anywhere in the world. And it was And whenever you want. And whenever I want it. So I literally took away all my excuses. But then in my new city, I was like, you know what? I miss the machines. I miss mm. weights. I miss that part. So I started going to a gym. Can I tell you, I wasted that entire gym membership. 
wasted. I only won a few times. And after that, it was like, dang, I should have just kept all of my stuff at home. So yeah. now my, my, my thing is getting back to what was successful for me, just mm-hmm. exercising at home, building up that routine. And like you said, being able to do it at any time that I wanted. Yeah. And we can totally relate. We love exercise. We've been really lucky that we had our parents, they exercise every day. We grew up seeing that. So exercise never really was this thing that we didn't do. It be- it did become a thing that we dreaded because we chose exercise that was not joyful. Then we discovered yoga Pilates and we realized, wow, this is really fun. We love it. We're obsessed and it's fun. Like <laughs> yeah. we do it for fun, not for exercise. Weird. Yeah. And we yeah. never turned back. But we did sign up for a gym membership only recently and we wasted oh. it. We went 10 times. We thought, okay, like we're getting into our, what, we're in our early 30s. So we should definitely add like some resistance training, some weights training, bone density, blah, blah. And we paid a whole year each and we didn't use it. And that's because it wasn't easy for us. Like we had so much friction, so many obstacles to overcome just to get in the car, to drive to the gym. (laughs) And so we just decided, you know what, like we don't have to do that. We can just keep Mm. doing what we do. That is roll out my mat in the middle of my living room and get in my down dog. And that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. And we yeah. always say that the best exercise you can do is the exercise you do. Wow. I like that. <laughs> I like that. And, but also too, grab a couple of weights and just do it at home. Exactly. That's the thing. Like grab some weights and do it at home. Set up your whole thing. So that way it really, and that was the thing. When I moved to this city, I sold all of my weights, all of my home gym, because it was just, it was too heavy. It would have cost more to ship it than to just buy again here. But when I got Mm -hmm. here, I'm like, maybe I should just buy a gym membership. And now I realize it's because of course, I wasn't going to be staying in China for that long anyway. (laughs) Okay. I'm getting ready to leave. So it would have been another hassle, but I really honestly miss the the serenity that I experience when I am exercising from home. Like I really have serenity. I have just a different level of peace because mm-hmm. one, I get to dance like crazy yes. when I hit my music on, like I'm dancing in between sets. Like I'm just, I'm really yes. enjoying myself and having fun. Whereas doing that, like you said, it can be a hassle just to get out the house and walk around the corner to the gym. Yeah. <laughs> it's, when is that much difficulty or resistance? You really don't want it. It just, it won't happen and you'll fail your goal maybe. And then you beat yourself up about it. And the thing is, we just need to change the goal slightly, change the how. So this is really important. If you do struggle with exercise, it might not just be you. It might be that you've just chosen the wrong way to exercise, the wrong way to move for you. So change something, do something different. Yeah, we always say that the how is the most important part. Like when we're talking, as you mentioned at the beginning, we don't do before and afters. We don't talk about burning calories. We Mm. don't describe our bodies with muffin tops or thunder thighs because the how we exercise is just as important as exercising itself. We want the journey with the exercise to be something that uplifts us and makes us feel amazing, makes us remind us that our bodies are amazing. Simply yeah. for being a body and taking us on life's journey. Yeah, I love it. You did you have some? You look like you were about to chime in and say something else. Were you about to say something? else? <laughs> I don't even know. I thought she was going to keep going, and then I was like, oh, "What was it? What? No, who knows? <laughs> no, wait, wait." She, I was like, "Say something." <laughs> I think I think it was like a deep agreeance, obviously, and I like it. <laughs> I just think that all of us millennials, okay, like we grew up kids in the 90s. Oh my, remember the marketing of the 90s? 
99% fat free, this all, like it was all talking about the physical body and really creating this fat phobia. And we both were deep in that diet culture. So this is why we're so, we value the how so much around exercise because we're sick and tired of seeing, especially women, beat themselves up constantly about not looking a certain way. And the reality is that, yeah, our looks are our looks, but they are not the most important thing about us. What's inside is more important. How we feel is more important. Our longevity, that's a better goal to think about. Being stronger Mm -hmm. for longer, being able to pick up stuff in our 80s and not breaking a pelvis and then God knows what. I mean, we grew up with these goals thrown onto us, literally from the culture we lived in, and not good for our mindset, not good for our physical body, not good for our health, because there's nothing healthy yeah. about 99% fat-free everything with an ingredient list right. filled with chemicals. There's nothing healthy about that. When we grew up, we thought health was about your weight, and that's it. And that is a complete lie. And this controlled our exercise. So it's such a breath of fresh air to change that for ourselves and to help others do that too. And to the point where your exercise no longer becomes just for exercise and for that fitness goal, it becomes the joy. You dance while you weight lift. Like how fun. Yes, for that. How fun. We all want to do Dr. C's workouts now. (laughs) Listen. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I totally have, remind me in case I get off topic, but remind me to ask you about how you switch from paleo to whatever you're doing now. Okay. Cause okay. I want to know about that. So remind me of that, but you mentioned my workouts. I had to, and maybe you can relate to this and I know the listeners and viewers, you can relate to this too, some of you, but there was so much information coming out at me mm-hmm. about how I should eat and how I should work out and how this is what you should do if you weigh this much. And this is mm-hmm. what you should do if you want bigger hips or slimmer hips and bigger thighs and all of this. And I'm just like, okay. So I'm listening to everyone and I'm getting confused. There were so many people who were saying, do this or do that. And really not too many people were saying, see what works best for you. Mm-hmm. So as a researcher, you know, I'm like, oh, we're going to dig deep. Okay. As a researcher, I just started searching. I know my body. I know my body. I know what I, you know, what I enjoy. I know what I don't enjoy. And I know what makes me feel energetic. I know what makes me feel a bit sluggish. I know what gives me, if I try it, it gives me the best results. So I just started searching for what I wanted to see. I started searching for the results of what I wanted to see. And I started crafting a plan just to experiment to see what the results would look like. If it didn't work for me or if it was too hard and I didn't like it, I took it out. I was like, I don't like that exercise. Mm -hmm. I look dumb and I'm at home by myself. And if I look dumb to myself at home, I don't like it. I'm taking it out. I don't want to do it. I want to look cute. I want to look proud of myself for what I'm doing. So like I I started doing those things. And then it was all about HIIT training because that's been around for a long time. Do high intensity interval training. And I'm like, okay, let me try and see what I can do. And I realized that for me was actually exhausting. Mm -hmm. That was exhausting, except for when I did it with my walking. So I would do walking and then jogging because I don't consider what I do running. So I would do (laughs) walk, jog, walk, jog, like back and forth. And that gave me such amazing results in terms of my cardio. But in terms of strength training, 
which is what I wanted to do so that the loose skin that I was having, because I used to be almost, uh, I was 177.5 kg in 2018, January 2018. And I remember I avoided a scale for a very long time. And so for those of you who are listening in the States, you're like, what is that? Your girl was almost 400 pounds in 2018. And many of you know this, you're aware of that. But I had moving to China, I had such culture shock, especially with the food, because I thought that Chinese food was the real Chinese food. So when I moved to China and I was trying the Chinese food, I was like, what is this? What is what's, what are we eating? They're like, this is Chinese food. No, it's not. Where's the Chinese food that I eat in America? You're in China. How are you going to tell us this is not Chinese food? And so my default, because my system wasn't really accepting it at that time, because it was the type of grease and all of that. So I I did worse. I ate, this is really bad. I'm going to tell you. I ate Burger King, Pizza Hut, McDonald's. I ate all of the Western fast food places because I could trust it. And I gained so much weight because of the psychological stress that I had. And I was eating. That's why when you said when you eat and you're stressed out, like you don't digest properly, it clicked Mm -hmm. for me. It was like, dang, that's what happened. So I did change my diet. I started doing intermittent fasting, which Mm -hmm. for the first time, so I'm not a stranger to fasting. I grew up fasting with my family. Even when I was a kid, I hated it. I used to sneak and eat lunch at school. I was that kid that snuck and ate lunch at school when my parents was like, we're fasting today. Okay. At school, you want your lunch? Let me have your lunch. Like I was trying to double up on lunches. I was hungry. Okay. Yeah. I I was a chubby little hungry child. But When I decided to intentionally do intermittent fasting, it did help because I didn't change my diet until this is when I was super heavy. So I was like, I'm still going to eat, but let me at least shorten my window for when I do eat. And it helped. And all I did was walk because I couldn't do more. Then I started Mm -hmm. boxing. And then I discovered something that is called PHA training, which is peripheral heart action training, Mm -hmm. where it's kind I guess you would be like, it's hit, but it's in shorter bursts. Because Uh, remember, I told you, hit was exhausting me. It was. And PHA training allowed me to do it with either resistance bands or weights. Like you Mm. could do both. So it's it's like upper body, lower body, core, upper body, lower body, core. Like you're just, instead of doing all upper body in the gym and you exhaust your arms and everything, and then you move to lower body, it's alternating, but you only have like quick rest in between. So it's like a 30 second rest. You you work out upper body, 30 second rest, lower body. So I started, and I reversed that. And when I tell you, I started seeing results because I was confused and I wanted clarity. And then it helped me to do what I needed to do for my body. So that was me. Since you said, we all want to do Dr. C's workout and all of that. Listen, okay. I would, that I would fun. Yeah, that sounds you. good. I like that. Yeah, this is the thing like with what we do, like some people like misunderstand it and they think, oh, you're anti-health, you're anti-weight loss. And no, we're not. We're all about how you do it. We care about how wow. you get there. We don't want you to follow a 12-week shred diet and that's how you get there because that's not sustainable. We want you yeah. to find something you enjoy, like these workouts that you found, Dr. C. We want you to actually look forward to doing your workout and find something that you can do for the rest of your life or at least for this yes. period of your life and then find a new thing. So yeah. Yeah. I think that's an important point to make because self-acceptance, obviously, of what our bodies 
things look like and everything we have and how we are right here, right now is important. But change actually occurs easier when we do firstly accept ourselves. So it's not complacency. It's not, I'm going to sit on the couch and do nothing. It's like, I'm going to accept myself right here, right now, because that just makes me feel better in my mind about me instead of beating myself up in my head and being my own worst enemy. Self-acceptance gets you on your side. Yeah, I love it. So tell me about your journey. I told you about my journey from like confusion to discovering the thing that works best for me when it comes to, I guess you could say, I I don't really like saying diet, but eating and exercise. But how did you go from paleo to whatever you're doing now? And tell us, what are you doing now? Yeah. Uh, And like it started way before. Uh, Yeah. That paleo diet. Carla had her first diet, tried her first diet when she was about 11. I developed bulimia at 17 till about 22. This dieting has been a part of our lives and it came from the society we lived in it came from the magazines we read and it was when we discovered paleo when we realized oh hang on a minute we can eat all the foods it just has to be within this category of just real food we thought it wasn't a diet back then that's how far deep we were in diet culture we were like this is amazing (laughs) we can have pasta it's zucchini it's not pasta it's zucchini (laughs) it's yum but let's just call it what it is it's zucchini that looks like pasta so we did paleo for a little while and it was great for a little while it got me stop throwing up it got me away from bulimia thank you paleo diet it helped me a great deal it got us to a better mind it got us out of the time of diets like the time frames where you're like i'm gonna do this for four weeks i'm gonna do this for 12 weeks i'm gonna do this for one day that kind of thing because it was, it felt just like we just did it and it was more yeah. like, in inverted commas, sustainable for us. And it got us out of being obsessed with calories because we were so long obsessed with calories in and out. We counted it all. We spent so much of our lives counting. And yeah. so paleo we were very grateful for, but then we realized, hang on a minute, the anxiety is coming back. Hang on a minute. We're still thinking the most important thing about us is our weight. We mm. realized we were not fully there in the mindset about our looks and our external body, we still were deep in diet culture, fat phobia. So then we realized this, we slowly, I mean, I don't, I'm trying to think how we did it. And I know how we did it. Self-acceptance. This lesson of self-acceptance came to us from who knows where. At the same time, Carla did her yoga teacher training. So she was going over all this yogic philosophy, telling me about it. And we were like little mindset switches, little like aha moments. We realized so much in this time that what we had been focusing on for so many years, since you were 11, always, obviously, but a lot of our lives, our early years, the back of our minds was, oh, I ate that. I need to work out now. Or mm. I'm going to go out to dinner over the weekend. I better do a double workout to pre-burn yeah. calories. Like This was our minds. This was the stuff going on in our minds. And then you yeah. just come to realize, hang on a minute, how many years have I spent thinking about my weight? How many years have I spent thinking, oh, I suck. I did that. Yeah. I ate too much. Now I need to do this. And we realized enough is enough because all this time that we're spending on this, where is it taking us? What are we missing yeah. out on? Where's the yeah. space for the grand ideas, mm. the dreams, wow. the just the contentment? And that was a big lesson, contentment. We asked mm-hmm. a lot of questions. Yes. So yeah. It, it, was like yeah. All of this, yes. it was all of this questioning of like how we had been thinking for years and years 
Is there another way? Do we have to keep living like this? Because it's like we were living in a cage of just like diet culture. Every decision was based on, is that going to make me thinner? Is that going to make me bigger? These kinds of things. And so we were obsessed. And yeah, then when we discovered self-acceptance, And then when we rediscovered yoga and Pilates, that's when everything shifted for us. We realized Mm. that the paleo diet was, in fact, still a diet. And we were, in Mm -hmm. fact, still obsessed with everything that Mm -hmm. we were eating and not eating and doing and not doing. That we decided then and there that we wanted to make a change. And it was a gradual change. It was definitely something that we didn't really decide, like, we're going to change tomorrow. Like, it was more just like this gradual change. It actually was, I would have said, the biggest changes with the food that we ate came when Emma started dating an Italian. And that was when pasta and pizza were thrown back into our both of our lives, Emma's life. And then I was like, I'm here too. I'm going to eat the pizza. <laughs> Stopped ourselves from this joyful potential. Like we wow. would always say no to the pizza. We'd always say no to the pasta. We would never go to those restaurants because they were bad and that was naughty. Mm. And we would have to work out so much if we ate that. And whenever I started dating Damiano, like we just, our eyes both opened to this new way of eating and that it wasn't just about like the calories and the ingredients. It was like the experience. Yeah. It was, the Italians have such a different culture than Australia, especially mm. with food. Food is so important in Italy. If you've been, yes, like we, I have. we, we yeah. did go, but we were still back in that. We did eat pizza and pasta in yeah. Italy back in the day when we went. But mm-hmm. I am so excited to go again now with this whole new, so good. new perspective on food. But it was such a big change to realize that food is so much more than just even fuel. I know it is fuel, but it's also, it's soul, it's family, it's love. It's culture. It's culture, yes. yes. And this is what diet culture destroys. It destroys that in food. How many happy memories do you have around the dinner table? And it's the people, it's the conversations, it is the dish. It's that beautiful carbonara that someone has just made you. And you're like, Mm -hmm. what the hell? This is amazing. (laughs) This whole perspective, this was absolutely one of the biggest blessings for me and Carla Mm -hmm. too. Because obviously, yeah, when I ate the pizza, the first pizza that he took me out to an Italian restaurant and he's, we're getting pizza. And I was like, like the anxiety. I remember the anxiety. And I was like, I'm just going to do this. I'm just going to eat this and enjoy it. And I did. And then I messaged her later and I was like, I just ate pizza. And I was so excited because I was like, wow, this is like really cool. Like we can, we can allow ourselves to go and enjoy this because you, it's like you give yourself permission to do that. And suddenly you also give yourself permission to not feel guilty for doing this. Yes. Because that is a big point. You have to consciously, if you've lived so many years in one kind of mindset, there's, it takes a while to undo that. It takes a lot of practice. And so when we first started eating pizza and pasta, not every day, by the way, like this is a special occasion that we go out or when we have it for every now and then, but I think it's a cool thing that we do. It's like that decision. I'm consciously making this decision. I'm going to give myself permission to fully enjoy this with no guilt. And that is empowering. I tell you what, to just eat it and not think about it again. Yeah. yeah, except for the deliciousness. Totally yeah. think about that again. And, and as Carla said, it's not like we're eating pizza and pasta every meal. You Like I wouldn't be able to do that. I'd be sick. I don't want to eat yeah. it every meal. We still yeah. eat lots of fresh produce 
healthy. We eat meat. We're not vegan. We found for our bodies, we need meat. For you listening, you might be vegan, whatever works for you. And this is what our food philosophy is now all about. Tuning into what you need, giving yourself permission. Hmm. Moderation can work. I know some people are like, no, moderation, no, you can't fall off the diet. No, moderation can work. You can eat everything if Mm -hmm. you want to. If you, mm-hmm. if it brings you joy. And it's don't also, eat everything at once. Yes. And it, then it's also yeah. important to check in. Are you eating it for emotional or stress reasons? There's all these things. And we'll come back to that word I said, awareness, mindfulness. Yes. Being yes. aware of what you're doing. So important. Oh, but I tell you what, that's been an absolute Life game changer. game changer, life changer. And obviously that happened with exercise too. Now we work out for the yeah. joy of it, for the fun of it, to feel strong, for mm-hmm. longevity, for all the amazing reasons that exercise does for us, just about weight. Of course, you know, that's important for health as well, but it doesn't need to be the only goal. When it is the only goal, this is when it can have a damaging effect on your mind and yeah. how you see yourself because yeah. we are so much more than what we look like. We're so much more than that number on the scales. Wow. I love that you just said we're so much more than what we look like. We're so much more than those numbers on the scale. I need somebody to realize that, okay? You need to understand that because we agonize and punish ourselves for when we see, when we look in the mirror and it's, oh, there's something that we don't like. Or for when we when we get on the scale and we see numbers that we don't like. Or perhaps when you fit, or you try to wear something that you could fit a few weeks ago. You can't fit right now. We, I don't know why, but we tend to punish ourselves for that um, yeah. as if that's going to make it better. But that's actually more damaging, right? Yeah. It just it like it's causing this angst, this stress, this anxiety in t- to our present moment. Yeah. So we can decide to not believe those thoughts. We can mm. decide that our worth and our value doesn't live in this external shell, that we wow. go much deeper that how we treat others is important. The work that we do can be important if you want it to be important. The words we say are important. What we think is important. Yeah. How we show up every day is important. And that all has nothing to do with what we look like. Yeah. It it has everything to do with this up here, that mindset, that mentality. You're you're here, your soul. I love it. Okay. I have, listen, first of all, I just checked the clock and I'm like, how is it past? an hour already. I know. I, don't know how, I, don't I really feel like we've just been sitting here like having girl talk. Like it's just been soothing for the soul. And I'm like, wait, it's already past an hour. So I have two questions to ask. One, why Mary Maker? Okay. I have to, there's no way, no way that I can let you go without asking, okay, what's up with the Mary Maker? What's up with yes, the Yes. And Maker? because people think that it's our last name, but it's not, it's not our last name. <laughs> so when we first started blogging, we were like, this brings us so much joy. Like we love to do this. And we Googled ah. synonyms for joy and the word merrymaker popped up on Google. I'd never heard of this word before. You'd never heard of this word. And I was like, real life sisters, why don't we just call it the merrymaker sisters? And that was how it was born. It was literally a two-minute decision. We didn't think about the long URL situation. Like that is a ridiculously long URL. We had no idea about that stuff. And it's the worst when someone, I don't know, when you're doing something, and you're like, what's your email address? Emma at the com. Oh, can you please spell that out? Yeah, that's a nightmare. <laughs> T-H-E-M-E-R-Y-M-A-K-E-R. Yeah, it's just oh, good. <laughs> so if you are, if you haven't started your online website, if you're a website yet, 
please think about the length of your URL. Yeah, that's that was one of the things that I had to do as well because I'm like, <laughs> these can be some long, long links to send out. These URLs are going to be, we're going to have to use Bitly for everything just <laughs> to make them shorter. But I love that. I, th- I thought it was going to be like something profound and everything. She was like, no, Google and a decision, like the Merrymaker sisters. And I love it. I so love it. I so love it. We have enjoyed having you both here in the Leaders Lab podcast. And honestly, I don't mind that it's been past an hour because we got two for one. And I think just because all the other episodes have been between 45 minutes to an hour with one person, we could do so much longer with two people. So I am okay with that. Like, (laughs) I am okay with that. But I will ask a question that I ask every guest that comes on the show. And you can answer this individually or you can twinsy it. You can answer together however you choose. But the question is, what is one characteristic? And I guess for you two, we could say one per, unless you Mm -hmm. have the same one. But what is one characteristic that you believe every leader should have, no matter the industry, Mm -hmm. no matter the background, no matter the experience, no matter the age? Mm -hmm. What is one characteristic that you believe every leader must have. Oh, it's like a long list, really. Okay. I think empathy. Oh, I was going to say that. Do you see what I'm talking about? Twin. How are you not twins? How we should have three, twins? two, one. Empathy. Now, listen, I'm going to tell you, I would be laughing probably still right now if you did that. So, wow. Okay, empathy. So, you both explain why empathy. Yeah, to have a perspective of someone else and what they're mm. going through is so important. Mm-hmm. I think it's important. Some I grew up thinking empathy was putting yourself in someone else's shoes, but that's uh-huh. not true. It's trying yeah. to be that other person, trying to understand wow. the other person, not yourself in their position, them yeah. in their position. And I think yeah. that is so important as a leader. It helps you in every moment. It helps you with all of your customers. It helps you when you're writing that sales email. It helps you when you're writing that blog post. It helps you remind yourself of where you were when you first began and get back to there. Instead of sometimes you can think you're like, you might've made progress, but you want to still talk about that thing you went through five years ago, because that's what some people are going through right now. It helps you remember that. Yeah. I think not only does it make you a more kinder, more compassionate leader, a great person to manage staff, it also can really help you in sales, Mm. which is important in all businesses Mm. usually, whether it's selling to many or whether it's getting that that B2B relationship, whether it's Uh working uh with a sponsorship, a client, getting that speaking gig. I believe it's a necessary uh, ability for diverse uh, everything really everything it's Mm. necessary for everything I think it makes us all better not just business people humans as well obviously Uh, we could list a whole like ambition is important purpose is important Uh, (laughs) organization no 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 no. okay just one one. that one is the most I think that one's the most important and that one is one that makes we talked about honesty and integrity it all stems together like empathy Mm -hmm. allows you to really I think show up as your best version I think Mm -hmm. anyway But you did sneak in organization and I was just like, ooh, I think that would probably be mine. Yeah. I think because I think that would probably be the one for me is anything dealing with organization and management because it actually, I think I would probably say management. I think I would say management because Mm -hmm. if you, when we're talking about management, I mean, managing your mind, 
managing your mm-hmm. emotions, managing your reactions, managing your time, managing managing people, managing like having the ability to organize, to get yourself together. For me, yeah. I feel like that's all a part of management. So when you said organization, I was like, oh, nobody ever said that one. Would I say that one? I would, but I would frame so it around good. like the management component. Of yeah, that. I love it. Lo- oh my God, I don't want to end. I don't want to end. Like I've just been having too much fun. Like I feel like I've been talking to real life friends for that I've known for quite some time. Aww. And the reality is we've just met and <laughs> you guys are just so awesome. So I right back at you. Come back for season three. You're oh my god, too. You have to. It's you're going on the best the, the podcast besties list, which I just created a couple of months ago. <laughs> I told them I said, I'm now creating a podcast besties list, and whoever's up there, they must come back for season three. Oh, I dubbed, the, I dubbed the podcast besties. You are coming back <laughs> for season three because I want to hear like an update and see how things have been going. And by that time, I will have gone back to working out at home again because I'm putting everything into place. I really do miss it. And I want to see, I, you're like my accountability partners from afar. So I have to make sure that I do this so that when we're back together in season three, you'll see some change, however slight or whatever. And I'm not talking about necessarily physical change, but overall, just an overall change. I can't wait. (laughs) So is there anything that you would like to say to our, our listeners or viewers before we end out our session? Oh, no. How can they connect with you? Oh, thank you for the opportunity to share that. Dr. C, we've had so much fun being on your show. Thank you so much for having us. Honored and grateful to be here. If any of your amazing community would like to find out more about us, they can head to themerrymakersisters.com. There's a bunch of free yoga and Pilates classes on there. Also a self-care checklist. They might like that. Check that out and see if you like it. Otherwise, I know that Instagram and Facebook links are down on the screen right now at the Mary Make Sisters for both of those. So we'll see you wherever you are. Nice. Excellent. And also, too, if you are interested in sending them an email or reaching out to them, aside from their contact us page, mm-hmm. then you can go to e. e. No, no. You know what? This is what this is the challenge she was talking about. So how about this? Just check out the show notes or the description <laughs> box below. All of their links will be right there. You can just click on it and you can be taken, redirected to their sites. And also you can find out more about them. I really was about to sit here and e. And <laughs> I was really struggling. I was like, you know what? Click on the link. It's below. <laughs> we got- Ten years, Dr. Soon. Ten years. I feel like you probably have it now down to a rhythm. We but do. for somebody just starting out, I'm like, e- wait, I missed it. <laughs> yeah, don't it. even There's go. A, you know what? Don't even worry about yeah, it. Nah. Just click the link. It's provided for you. <laughs> it's provided for you. Oh, my gosh. Carla and Emma and Carla, thank you so much, Mary Maker Sisters, once again, for visiting the Leaders Lab with us. It's This has been so rewarding. And just honestly, it's been a lot of fun for me today. Thank you so much for having us. All right. Listen, Entre Leaders, did you enjoy this? Obviously you had to because I had fun and I know I didn't have fun by myself. So here's the thing. I appreciate you so much. You keep coming back every single week just to listen to little old me and the people that I bring to you. And I really hope that you are finding our content valuable and that these treasure gems that these amazing guests are bringing to you, that you're able to apply them to your life. These are not pie in the sky ideas that we're having and trying to sell. This is These are real millennials, real entrepreneurs, real professionals who are passionate about what they do and the passion and use to live on in spite of challenges and difficulties. And so if that's the type of life that we can lead for our things that we are very 
fortunate to be able to call our businesses and our brands, then we hope that we inspire you to do the exact the exact same thing, to have the exact same feelings and sentiments and experience. And of course, if you are interested in being a guest on the Leaders Lab podcast, you can send an email to, let me put it up on the screen for you, the Leaders Lab podcast at drcharitytv.com. Or also, if you have a testimonial that you would like to share, maybe, you know, you listen to like our guests today, Emma and Carla, maybe you listen to them and you decided, you know what, I am going to try yoga or I am going to do a bit of meditation, just the breathing techniques, or I'm going to walk and breathe, or I'm going to allow myself to enjoy food on occasion, whatever. If you apply what we've talked about at all and you get any type of results, send us an email so I can share it with these lovely ladies. These these testimonials, these are the things that keep us going. When it gets tough, it's to know that you benefit from what we, for what we sacrifice for and for what we do. And to me, that makes it so much worth it. It's just, it's wow. This is why I'm here. This is why we do what we do. And if you haven't done so already, don't forget that you can subscribe to the Leaders Lab podcast, load today's episode, rate, comment, and share. If you are watching this on the video version on YouTube, go ahead, give it a thumbs up, share. If you haven't subscribed to Dr. Charity TV YouTube channel, what's wrong? Come on, stop dating me. Marry my channel already. Please go ahead, commit to being a subscriber and then share so we can continue reaching millennial entre leaders all across the globe. And you can connect with me everywhere on social media at Dr. Charity TV. Let's continue to support each other. And as always, it's been my pleasure being with you today. I'll see you next week in the lab. Thank you for listening to the Leaders Lab podcast. Visit our website at www.drcharitytv.com and follow us on all social media platforms with at Dr. Charity TV.